I'm ready to pray. Are you guys ready to receive the word? I want you to say something we used to say in church when we went to um to physical church all the time. I am anointed to receive this word. Mm -hmm. We would say, I'm anointed to teach this word. And then the people would say, I'm anointed to receive this word. We believe that we are anointed to teach this word because it is the assignment on our lives. And we believe that all of our covenant partners, you are anointed to receive. So let's pray and let's get started. Mm -hmm. Most gracious heavenly father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You are a good, good God. We bless you. We honor you. We thank you. We declare that you are worthy. You are righteous. You are whole. You are freedom. You are deliverance. You are our affirmer. You are our identity. Everything we need is found in you. And we thank you this morning for Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have been reconciled back to you and we can come to you boldly and cry, Abba, Father. Father, We are so glad you are our Father. We thank you that you called us servant. But most importantly, we thank you that you have called us sons. You have written our name in the Lamb's book of life. And we thank you that you do not leave us in this earth without hope, but you have given us your precious spirit indwelling on the inside of us so we would know how to navigate life. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is our advantage. And so, Holy Spirit, we release you every place we've had you bound, every place we've had you limited, every area of our life that we wouldn't let you speak to. We release you. Do what you do. Come and do what you do. And we declare in the name of Jesus that the written word today will be illuminated in our lives. It will break every shackle, break every chain, and bring us into the next level of freedom, the next dimension of love, the next dimension of revelation knowledge, and we will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, come on and give 13 seconds of praise. Come on and open up your mouth and declare that God is good. Come on and declare that he is your victory. Come on and declare that the Holy Ghost is your advantage. The Holy Ghost is my advantage. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Listen, as we get started this morning, go ahead. You know what we've been saying the last several weeks. Go ahead and type in the comment section. Say, I am blessed. I am ready. And I win. I am blessed. I am ready. And I win. Listen, in today's today's message, you know, um, it really kind of for believers ought to go without saying, but it but it doesn't. So we'll say it. Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, how God's right hand upholds us when everything else fails. This is part three of our teaching of the power of the right hand of God. This is our third lesson on the power of the right hand of God. And here's here's the thing. The first week we talked about how the right hand of God dashes and shatters the enemies to pieces. And we looked at the book of Exodus and we saw how God delivered his people uh, out of the hand of Pharaoh. And, and we equated that to how we have Pharaohs in our lives. And sometimes things come in our life to try to destroy us and to try to keep us between a rock and a hard 
our place. But we saw the scripture says that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so if God was a deliverer for his children uh, back then, he's still a deliverer to us today. Amen. And then last week, we talked about how the right hand of God swallows up our problems. And we really just wanted to express <laughs> to people that being born again does not exempt you from life's problems. Being bored again doesn't exempt you from the challenges that come with living in a world where there is sin. Uh, we talked about how you can be doing everything, quote unquote, right, but bad things can still happen. The Bible says that it rains on the just as well as the unjust. That means there are sometimes some things that happen uh, that we wouldn't choose to happen. But we also understand that in doing that, God is always able to deliver us. Amen. We know that the scripture Amen. says that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. And that as long as we're walking with God, even if trouble comes, we know that God has a way of troubling that trouble for us. And then today, what we want to talk about is how God's right hand upholds us when everything around us fails. Uh, another way to say that, I was thinking about that uh, since last week when I knew we were getting this part, and I was just reading some different things and just looking at what has God done to uphold his people. Uh, and I started thinking about that time that Pastor Cynthia was preaching. And she was preaching about how God is the God of the toilet paper, you know, and then we started saying that God was the God of this and God was the God of that. And I thought, you know what? God is the God of sustainability. <laughs> That's who God is. He has a way to sustain us in every situation that he is the God of sustainability. And so really that's kind of what he was even saying in our foundational scripture that we used. Uh, and I'll start there this morning. I want to start in Isaiah 41. 10 and 13. And yes, you're going to see it again. Yes, you're going to hear it again. Yes, we're going to read it again. And hopefully you're reading it every day as well. And it's getting deep on the inside of you. And here's what it says. It says, do not fear anything for I am with you. It says, do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. It says, I will take <laughs> hold of you with my righteous right hand a hand of justice, power, of victory, and of salvation. It says, for the Lord, for I, the Lord, your God, keep hold of your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. That lets me know that when I am in the midst of trouble, when I find myself in situations that I don't have the power to deliver myself out of, when I don't have the, the network, when I don't have the resources, when I don't have the education, when I don't have the connections to get myself out of a particular situation, whether I've gotten into the situation as some result of myself or whether I've just gotten into the situation because I live in a world where there are situations to be, to be into, the Lord will stretch out his hand and receive me. I love the scripture when uh, the children of Israel found themselves in trouble. It, you know, and, and yes, we talk about how they got in trouble and they got out of trouble and they got in trouble and they got out of trouble. But one of the things that I like is that no matter how many times they got in trouble, they knew who to call on. They never, ever, ever decided, well, I'm in too much trouble. I can't call on the Lord. They always called on the Lord and the Lord always rescued them. You know, what I really love about this scripture here is that if you really understand this scripture, it this why would he do that? Because he loves us. Mm. Why would someone say, I will be with you no matter what? I will help you no matter what, because God 
loves us. He loves this, us and he's a promise keeping God. This is a display of his love to say, even when you make your bed in hell, I will help you. Even when life throws you a sucker punch, I will help you. And I was thinking about, because I've just come back to that scripture in Isaiah 41 so many times this past week. I was thinking about this. There are times in all of our lives where we probably felt alone. Times where it felt like we were walking by ourselves. And it reminds me of that footprint thing where mm -hmm. it's like, God, you're, you're, you're indignant with God because you're like, I, it's only one set of footprints. He like, yeah, because I was the one who was carrying you. And I'm wondering if anybody can look at their life and see that even times when you thought that God had forgotten about you, you thought God had forsaken you, you thought God had, you had gone too far, that you can see now that God was still helping you, that anybody can see, even in the midst of your disobedience, your stubbornness, your rebellion, that God was still helping you. He was still, he was still strengthening you. He was still leading you. He was still running interference in your life because he's just that good. And I love what Leslie says, he carries us through. So that's why when we got to this point right here, that one of the things we really need to establish is that it's God's right hand that upholds me when everything else fails. When people fail, when intellect fails, when systems fail, it is God that upholds me. Come on and put that in the comments. Say, God always upholds me. Yeah. He's a God of sustainability. He sustains us when we can. And if you think about that word sustainability, right, you start to look at the character of God, even back when we were talking about Adam and Eve. He created the Garden of Eden and everything in it sustained them. Everything they needed was already there. He already provided. We talked about the children of Israel. Even when they were in bondage and Pharaoh began to take the resources from them when they were trying to make the bricks and he was trying to make it harder for them. God supernaturally stepped in and still allowed them to meet their quota, even when they didn't have the right resources. Why? Because he's a God of sustainability. You look at the scripture when the Bible talks about how uh, the prophet went to the widow woman and the widow woman said, look, I don't have much to eat. Me and my son are going to eat what we have and we're going to eat it and die. She obeyed God. And what did God do? He sustained both of them. You know, we look at where Peter need to pay his taxes. What did Jesus do? He says, hey, look, go out there and go fishing. And the first fish you get, take the money out, pay my taxes and yours. What was he doing? Sustaining him. There are so many times in the Bible, the woman whose sons were, get, were about to be taken into bondage. And she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. My sons are going to be taken into debt. And the man of God said, what do you have? He said, she said, I, all I got is some pots. He said, well, go get the pots and bring them in your house and just keep filling them. What was he doing? He was sustaining them. There are so many opportunities in the word of God, if we'll study it from this lens, to see that God specializes in sustaining his people. You know what's so beautiful, though? If you look at it, anything you find about God, you can find it throughout scripture oh, in a yeah. thread. You can find it throughout scripture in a thread. So it's like you bring up this word sustainability that probably many of us have never considered God in terms of sustainability, right? And then you go, oh my God, from beginning to end, he is the great sustainer. Yeah, right. The reason that he's the God of the toilet paper, the reason that he helped me find my earring, the reason that he does all of these things is because sustaining us is his 
specialty. Well, he, he took the children of Israel from a place where they were eating in luxury and took them to the desert where they had no food, but yet he provided in a desert food and water, supernaturally gave them manna every single morning. But the, 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 the scripture called it angel food. Why? He was sustaining them. So God can find us in desert situations. He can find us in the worst of situations. He can find us where nobody else can help us and still he's able to sustain us. Why? Because God's right hand upholds us when, when everything, everything else fails. fails. Yep. I love um, I love Psalms 54 and 4. It says, surely, surely, surely. Yes. God is my help. Yes. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Yeah. And, you know. He's the God of sustainability. If you will let this become your reality, then you will find that you're not as anxious about life yeah. because you understand that no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what your job is doing, no matter what your kids are doing, no matter what your spouse is doing, that God is the one who sustains you. And I think it's absolutely amazing that the creator of the earth would make himself available to help me. Mm -hmm. That he is my help. That he, he pledged himself to do it. He yes. promised himself to do it. Not based on whether I was worthy, whether I was good enough, whether I followed every rule. He says, because I love you, here's what I pledge to you. You know, he's such the perfect parent because anybody, who, if you've had a good parent, you know, um, good parents, even when they're frustrated with you, they're still going to help you. Mm -hmm. Even when they're frustrated with you, they're still going to help you. And he's such a good parent because I don't just think about when God has kept me when I was trying to do right. I think about when God was kept, has kept me when I wasn't trying to do right. When literally I was... There's a scripture we used to use all the time. I think it's in Jeremiah it says you get on horses and you're attempting to run away from him. And the whole time you're running away from him, you don't even realize that you're running right back to him. Why? Because he loves us so much and he is our help and he's helping us. And I was just thinking about how absolutely faithful he is, because most of us, if we're honest, if we're trying to help somebody and they get a bad attitude with us. If we're trying to help somebody and they go out and they say something ugly about us, they talk about us, they they they, they act like our help won nothing, we like, I'll show you then, but not God. He's so gracious. He's so merciful. He's so kind. Has anybody ever withdrawn help from somebody because they didn't seem like they appreciated it the right way? Um, I'm guilty. But I'm telling you that even when we act that way, he still is our help. In Isaiah 33 and 6, it says he will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And I love this last part. It says the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Reverential so, fear. Yes. So it says he is my treasure. How is he my treasure? He is my sure foundation in my time. He is the rich store of salvation, of wisdom and knowledge. And how do I unlock this beautiful treasure? 
I reverent, I fear him enough to listen and do what he's telling yep, me to do. Absolutely. Because you know what? It's great that God can, it's great that God is moving behind the screens, helping us when we're fighting against him. But how much more help can we receive when yep. we partner with him? Well, and that's the reason that I like when he talks in Isaiah 33 and 6, and he uses this word, a sure foundation. Because a sure foundation lets us know that whatever is built up on it yeah. can sustain, right? It can, it can, it can, it can last. And as we begin to think about God as being the God of sustainability, we begin again to see things in Scripture that illuminates that to us. I was looking in Matthew chapter seven. In Matthew chapter seven, twenty-four and twenty-seven is a scripture we all know. We talk about it, uh, but but it, but 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 in light of Isaiah thirty-three, I'm like, here is how you are able to be sustained in every situation. You got to make sure that your life is built on this sure foundation. On the sure foundation. And the Bible says that. It says in Matthew 7, 24 and 27, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. This is Jesus talking. He says, Everyone who hears these words that I'm speaking and do them, and they, if they hear and do, they, they do. hearken, they hear and do, then they're going to be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. That's that sure foundation. He says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. Why? Because it was built on a rock. It was on this sheer foundation. He says, because it had been founded on the rock. He then says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. So the issue ain't about hearing. It's not about knowing scripture. It's not about whether you can quote it. He says, can, do you do it? Do you practice it? He says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. That's something that's not, uh, that's, that's not grounded. It's, it's not solid. He says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew. Now, I like this because that's what happened to the first house. In the first house, the floods came. In the first house, the winds blew. In the first house, the they beat up against that house. The winds came and the flood uh, waters came. It says, but it fell. Why? And great was the fall of it. Why? Because it wasn't built on a sure foundation. So when we say God is able to sustain us when <laughs> everything else around us falls, that is because we have built our life on the word. So, okay. So what you see here. Is that every person is building a house? Every person. Every person is building a house, and every person, regardless to who they are, are gonna face some floods, some rain. They're gonna face some some wind, some wind, and, 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 and some, some storms, storms. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's not a question of whether you gonna have a house. It's not, and it's not a question of whether you gonna have some storms. You are gonna have some storms. It's the question of whether your house is going to stand. When the rain, when the wind, and when the storm comes, yes. turn and ask your, your virtual neighbor, <laughs> what is your house built on? Is your house built on your intellect? Is your house built on your good looks? Mm -hmm. Is your house built on your credit score? Is your house built on common sense? Is it built on how much money you've been able to accumulate? He says, this is what we can see. Everyone is building a house. Everyone. Everyone is building a house. And you're either building it on a foundation that is uh, that is has the ability to stand or you are building it on sand. And it says, here's what's going to happen to everybody who builds a house. You go see some rain. You go see some wind. 
and you're going to send the storm. And it says, listen here, if you build your house on the foundation of the word, you are like a wise man. Mm -hmm. But if you build your house on anything other than Christ, mm -hmm. then you are like a foolish man. And when the storms come, you will experience great fall. Mm -hmm. He he's very clear. He, he's like he says, he, I can sustain you through any storm. Through any storm. But you must be built on what is sustainable. And in the word of God is the only thing that is sustainable against everything else. It's the only, it's, it is the pinnacle of what can stand. You, there, there may be some stuff in this natural world that can stand up against a lot of things, but, but there's nothing in this world that can stand against everything. The only thing that can stand against everything is God's word. That's why when we begin to talk about this word sustainability or this word, what does it mean to sustain something? Let's look at this definition. Wait, wait. What's the scripture you, you and Pastor Cynthia love the scripture? It says, I have seen the word and there, you know. It's what, song. It, We're going to get to it. Uh -huh. it, it yeah, <laughs> but it's like. <laughs> it says, I haven't seen an end of, I, there, of everything human, of everything natural. But the word of God goes on into eternity. And if we, if you, I'm, I'm almost 50. Mm -hmm. You are 50. I am. Thanks for the ARP mm -hmm. card. Thank you. <laughs> and, but listen here, we've lived long enough to know that things, that, that there is worldly wisdom that's fickle. Mm -hmm. I can remember when they were like, do not eat eggs. Yep. And now they like, do eat eggs, right? Like human knowledge is so fickle. It's, it's, this is the way one day, this is not the way one day, but the word of God will sustain you no matter how crazy life is, no matter how morality seems to go up and down, no yep. matter what's popular, not popular, who's the president, who's not the president, he will sustain us. I need y'all to put it in the comments. God will sustain me. Somebody ought to say this. A hundred some people. Y'all ought to be saying, God will sustain me. Wait, I know you go to find it, but let me ask you this. If you got a choice between your house being built on a foundation that cannot fall or a foundation that can give away at any kind, don't the answer seem easy? It does if you truly believe that the rock won't fail you. Uh, if you don't truly believe that the rock won't fail you, then it doesn't make sense. You, you, you get the path of least resistance, which is why we see so many people building their life on sand. They build their life on something other than Christ because in reality, they don't really believe that it matters which one you build your house ooh. on. But that's why the Bible warns us. It says, look, you can be like the wise man and build your house on this rock, or you can be like the foolish man and build your house on the sand. You won't know the outcome until the winds come. Oh, you won't mm, know the outcome until the rains mm. come. You won't know the outcome until the storm comes. And the problem is, is it's, it's like almost like that, that, fairy, that, little, that little nursery thing we do with the three little pigs. Remember the story of the three little pigs? And, and the first little pig built his house out of like some straw. And then the other one built his out of some wood, but the third little pig big built his out of some bricks. Come on, and, 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 and they all they all thought, well, what I've built will protect me from the wolf. But what we found out is that the wolf could huff and puff hard enough to blow the sticks, blow the, the straw house down. He could also huff and puff hard enough and blow the wood house down. But what he could not do is he could not huff and puff hard enough to blow the brick house down. And what God is saying is stop playing with the straw. Stop playing with the sticks. 
Come over here and live with me where the bricks are. So that when the enemy comes to blow against your life, you're not being terrorized and homeless and having a great fall. That's, the Bible is really the three little pigs. That, that, that story is really the three little pigs. It's that's a, so good, man. That's such a good example. It's like, I, I love it because it's like, I, I love what St. Teresa says. Stop playing with faulty foundations. Mm -hmm. yeah. Stop playing with faulty foundations because you're going to have a storm. Because you're trying to build a house quick. Stop trying to build the house quick and build the house to last. You know, we talk about how long time ago people used to build stuff so much better. They also didn't build a house in two weeks. It took them a whole lot longer to build that house because what they were doing was ensuring that house would last. They wouldn't just throwing something up. Stop throwing your life up. Just stop throwing your life stop up. Stop throwing your you, life you up. Got a, you got a little bit. Build bit, something. You got a little bit built on scripture. You got a little bit built on the law. Of, you built, a, uh, you built uh, a, some, the, uh, of, some of it out here on sage. Some of it out here on quartz. Some uh, of it no, on no, word. No, no, no. Some of it out here on what your, <laughs> your sign is. Because right. I'm a Capricorn or I'm right. an Aries. No, build your life on the word. Yes. Because the word will not fail you. But let me say this. I think it's important that we really get the right mindset. Mm -hmm. I, and I think that part of the problem is that people have mistakenly believed, I don't know where they get it from because it's nowhere in scripture, that if I walk with God, there won't be storms. Mm. And so then what happens is you get a storm and you go, God isn't here. No, no, no. The test is not that God isn't here because you get a storm. The test is what you built in that and you go in your brick house and close the door. So even as the storm comes, you are protected. Storms of life are going to come whether you serve God or not. Well, they, they are well, going to come. They, they are, you, you, can't, you can't stop the storm. What you can do is be prepared for it. But you can't stop the storm. And if you live your life thinking that you're not going to have storms because you're serving Jesus, you are setting yourself up for great disappointment. You know how a lot of people live their life? You know, if you live in a place that has hurricanes, mm -hmm. okay, they have all of these hurricane protocols around their house, mm -hmm. right? They have these things they can pull down on their windows, they sandbag and all of this stuff. And it's like the people who live there. And even though there's a warning of a storm, they say, it's not going to be a hurricane. Right. So they don't pull their shades yeah. down. They don't get the sandbags. They don't do the things that they're supposed to do. And then when their stuff gets demolished, they go, how could God let this happen to me? No, pull down the, the steel windows, put the sandbags in your life, put the word of God in place so that when the enemy comes, you will overcome. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So when we talk about this word sustainability, we talk about this word being to, to, to be sustained. Let's look at the definition. And to, the definition of the word sustain is to cause to continue or to be prolonged for an extended period of time without interruption. That's what God wants to do. He wants to prolong. And that's why that scripture in Proverbs 4 and 12 is so good, because he says, he says, there will be no limit to your progress if you if you if you partner with me. So literally, God is saying that if you partner with me, if you build your house on this rock, yes, storms are going to come. He says, but you're going to have uninterrupted 
victories. You're going to have an uninterrupted life. What does that mean? Does that mean I don't have to figure some things out sometime? I don't have to ask God for the, no, 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 no. What it means is, is that even when the storm comes in that scripture, he says, great was the fall of the one built on the sand. He did not mention a fall at all about the one built on the rock. So yes, we're going to experience in life some, some, some trials and tribulations, but God is our sustainer. He is the one who keeps us upright. He's the one that makes sure that we don't have any ruin. When God sustains us, it means that he keeps us from giving way under trials and afflictions. Mm. He keeps us from giving away from under trials and afflictions. What does that mean? It means that we face trials like everybody else. We face afflictions like everybody else, but we don't bend. We don't break. We don't succumb to those trials and afflictions. Why? Because God has always navigated us through the whole process. And what Psalms 1 tells us, it tells us that if we will be planted, yes. that we will be fruitful in every season. Yes. So this is the craziness of walking with God that in a season where you ought to be losing, he will still cause you to win. Yes. In a season where you should not be able to get up, he will still cause you to get up. And this is why it's so important to put the word in our hearts. And I can remember just different times in my life where just, you know, different things have happened, different losses and stuff. And I can just remember how if you will put the word in your heart, there will come a time, you know, I was thinking about, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I was thinking last night about when my grandmother passed and how that was such a devastating blow to me that my grandmother had passed because I just was like, how am I supposed to live in this world without my grandmother? I can remember laying on the floor crying and hearing the Holy Ghost start to preach the word to me, begin to talk to me about how he was my comfort and he was my he was my peace and he would sustain my mind even as I walked through this. And I always say that that is literally the thing that kept me from falling apart is that even when my emotions were like, oh my God, I can't believe that this is happening. How is this here? This is not unfair. That the word was the foundation that was anchoring me and sustaining me, right? And it is so important that we allow the word of God. That's how we keep from being afraid. Yeah. That's how we overcome. We're going to have trials and tribulations. There are going, we used to say this all the time, something in life is going to suffer punch you. Mm -hmm. Something's going to happen and you didn't expect that. But what you want to have is enough words sustaining you that even when your emotions seem to be going crazy, you'll start to hear the word preached to you yeah. and it will help you get up. Because it's, it's, not, it's not that we're trying to be callous. What we're saying is, listen, when something happens, yes, it can take you by surprise. Yes, it can, it can upset you. But you ought to have word in you anchor. that begins to anchor you. That You talked about that, that scripture in Psalms talk about being planted. That word planted is the same word means to trust. He says if you will, be, if you will trust in God, he literally will sustain you in every single season. It's what the Apostle Paul meant in Philippians 4, 6, and 7 when he says don't be anxious about anything. It says but in every situation, even when you lose your grandmother, even when you lose a spouse, even when you lose a job, even when you lose a child, even when you don't know how you're going to have your, whatever situation you find yourself in, he says, don't be anxious. Why? Because 
anxiousness has a way of uprooting you. He says, mm. do not be anxious about anything. He says, but in every situation, what? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He says, and then the peace of God, that thing that God does where he has the ability to make you feel like nothing missing and nothing is broken. He said, God's peace, which transcends all of your natural understanding, it will then do what? It will guard your heart. And your heart is hurting. Your heart. It will guard your heart and your mind when you're thinking, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Holy Spirit will begin to preach to you and tell you how you're going to make it. You're going to make it because you have a God who can sustain you. You have a, you have a God who loves you. You have a God who specializes in healing the brokenhearted. He says, but you have got to make sure that you don't let anxiety, you don't let fear, Fear and panic come into your life and uproot you so that you leave the house that was built on a rock and go habitate in one made out of sand. Oh, that's so good. He says you can't move <laughs> out of your house that's been built on the rock because it's because the wind is blowing. Now is not the time to change houses. Now is not the time to move out of this house that you have spent the time building with the word because something in your life happened that you weren't counting on. Now is the time to stay there, to stay on that rock. Why? Because even though that rain is coming, even though that wind is howling, even though the storm is brewing, God says, I have the ability to sustain you. And it's like this. It's like when I, the more I know God, right? the more I know his heart, his character, his intent toward me, then here's what begins to happen. Even though I don't understand what happened and I don't understand why it happened, what I know is God is good. And what I know is that all things are working together for my good. So what I'm not going to do is leave the place of goodness to go try to create my own goodness. Yep. I'm going to stay here even when I don't understand. And I think that this is a place where God is really trying to grow us up into, right? That when there is a storm, we have to stop abandoning God because we believe he abandoned us first. Stop jumping out the ship. Stop jumping out the ship. We, we have, what happens is we think when something doesn't go our way, God left us. Yeah. So then we let the enemy get us to leave God so he can do more damage to us. But God is good and I'm not going to leave the place of goodness. I'm going to stay in the ship even when I don't understand. I'm going to stay in the ship even when it doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to stay in the ship even when this isn't what I thought it was yeah. going to be because what I do know is that I don't have a snowball's chance in hell of sustaining any storm without the help of God. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we, we, we learn this early in our, in our Christianity. Most little kids right. do. What does it say? It says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. With all of your heart and lean not to your wood own understanding. That's what you said. Don't try to run off and create your own life because you think God has abandoned you. God hadn't abandoned you. The reason you ain't went under is because God was Come with you. On. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him. Submit to him in everything that you're doing, and he will make that path that looks so crooked, that path that looks like it can't be navigated. It says he will make that path straight. You know, and I love this because a lot of times 
God is so good at fixing something that happened to us that we think he orchestrated. Mm -hmm. And he didn't orchestrate it. He's just the God of recovery. He's, a He's just the God of sustainability. He worked it for our good. There are things we can look at that happened in our relationship. He didn't need them to happen no. them that way. He just worked it out so good that you feel like it was supposed to be a part of the story. He is the ultimate plot twister. Yeah. He is the ultimate restorer. He is the ultimate sustainer. Sustainer. So all I'm saying to you guys is, listen, he can help you no matter what happens in life, but don't get out of the ship. Don't leave the house and don't abandon him because even when he didn't cause it, he can fix it. My God, he is so, even he when, is so good at holding up stuff that we can't hold. He is so good at holding up everything that in reality, if we tried to hold it, we, we, we couldn't sustain We're it. Not even We're not even designed to do that. The Bible talks about him being our defender and being our supporter and leaning on him and how we can rest on him. There's so many scriptures that, that, that literally is begging us. To, to trust him to be our defender, to trust him to be our supporter, to trust him to be our sustainer. You know, yeah, we don't want to read it all, but in Psalms 46, 1 through 7, you, you should just go and read that. If you're taking notes, write that down. Read Psalms 46, 1 through 7. He talks about how when the waters uh, roar and when trouble comes and how when things happen, he talks about in one translation, he won't let us crash. He won't let us crash. When the enemy is trying to wreck us, God won't <laughs> let us crash. That's so good. Say, God is my defender. God is my defender. God is my defender. And I want to give you guys an opportunity because we said that one of the things at the beginning, we wanted the Holy Spirit to expose lies. There are some of you and you have, there are places where you thought God left you. And I want you to go back to that moment so you can see how God kept you. Because you need to unravel the lie that God abandoned you, mm -hmm. that God has not been there for you, that God doesn't care about you. You need to expose that. You need to let it come out of your heart because there, there are times where it's like this relationship didn't work out. God didn't love me. No, sweetheart, this relationship didn't work out because that wasn't the right person for you. Or I didn't get this job because God doesn't love me. No, sweetheart, God is our sustainer. God is our defender. And God is a very present help in the time of trouble. In fact, if you can see trouble, you can see God. Mm. You have never been in any trouble that God was not present That's in. That's right. Come on. You, you need to stare yourself up in that, that you have never been in any trouble, that the hand of God has not been orchestrating and helping and assisting even sometimes when we were the ones fighting against yep. him. Listen, one of the things that we, we realized, you know, Chris was singing a song this morning, your way is better. Your way is better. And the reality of it is you don't get to know that, that his way is better unless you're spending time with him. You've got you've to you've spend some time with God. You've got to allow God to do what he does. You've got to let God work you out of some of those troubles. 
when you're in those troubles, if you're always running from God, you never get to see his mighty hand at oh, work. Oh, that's so good. You never get, sometimes you need to sit still and let God be God and watch how he'll deliver you out of that situation. When you trust <laughs> God completely, when you know that God is in control, when you yield your life to God, then you'll get to see the power that God has in his ability to work in your life. You know, we read that scripture in Ephesians 3.20 all the time, but that's what it's talking about when it says, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or even imagine according to what? His power. That according to his us. power that is at work where? Within us. How do we work God's power in us? Through faith. We obey God. In faith, we obey God and we trust God enough to say, God, number one, this situation is way too big for me. It's way too big. In, for in me. fact, if I get involved, I'm just going to mess it up even worse. So here's what I'm going to do. Yes, I know it seems like this is almost the end of the world. But God, I know you are a sustainer. I know that when the children of Israel looked like they had no place to go, they were stuck between a rock and a hard place, that you showed up and you and you scattered all their enemies. God, I know that when that when David and his men went to Ziglag and, they, and Ziglag was burned to the ground and, and they were talking about stoning David and, and David asked you the question, shall I pursue? You told him to pursue and God, you let David go and get everything that he had back and all of his men and women and children and all the supplies too. So God, if you will do that for them, God, I know you'll pay this rent. <laughs> I know you'll pay this car note. I know you'll pay this hospital bill. I know you'll, I know you'll uh, uh, heal me. I know you'll restore this relationship. I'm not asking you to part a Red Sea. What I'm asking you to do is, is small compared to that, but, but you're the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. So God, I'm just going to sit right here and trust you and do what you tell me to do in the process. Well, and I, I think that that is so, it, you know, God is, he's creator of everything. Everything. And he still invites us to come and know him. Mm -hmm. He invites us to come and know him. Why? Because if I'm with him, I don't have to have any fear. Why? Because he's bigger than whatever would come against me. Mm -hmm. He's bigger than whatever challenge I would have. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. And some of you need to begin to make this faith confession. You by faith, our people are already putting in the comments, I trust God. Yeah. Now, if I'm going to see the sustainability of God, here's what's going to happen. This is how it's going to work. Something's going to happen in my life mm -hmm. and I'm going to think I know the way to go. Mm -hmm. And he going to say, nope, that is not the way to go. And it is in those moments that I get to see the practicality of whether I will trust him yep. when it doesn't make sense. That's right. The truth of it is, is that um, you are a very detailed and analytical person. And I am a very instinctive gut person. And in my times of trusting God, it's been when God told me to pause, even though I thought I knew what I needed to do, right? For you, it's probably been times where God said, you you might have worked it out and your plan was going to go this way. He said, no, do it this way instead, right? It is in those instances that when we get to not trust in our own understanding, not lean to our own understanding, and the more we see God work it out. Okay, I'm going to tell a fun story. When we went on our first date, 
Y'all, Edwin didn't have the money to pay for my food. And so, so tell the story correctly. It's not that I didn't have the money to pay because it, that made. Did you have the money right then? Would you? So if you're going to, I'm gonna let you tell the story, but you're gonna tell it right. Did Did you have the money? I right didn't then? have my wallet with me. Okay, so so I let you tell the story, but okay. now you're not gonna get on here and lie and say I didn't have no money. No, I ain't never not had. I no said money. you didn't have the money <laughs> to pay for the food. I didn't have my wallet with me. Okay, potato patak. Here's the point. So <laughs> tell your story. When we first go out, he tells me to get whatever I want, but y'all, he didn't have his wallet, so he couldn't pay for my food, so I had to pay for my own food. The next day, when we go out to eat, he tells me that I can get what I want, and he has his wallet, but I still only order what I can pay for. But now when I go out with him, because this is the part of the story I'm trying to tell, <laughs> baby. Tell story. Now when I go out with him, because you have so consistently paid for my food, mm -hmm. I never have any fear mm -hmm. over whether you are going to pay <laughs> for my food or not. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't have known that. If if the first time, if I had never let you pay for my food again, yeah. if the second time I had never let you pay for my food again, I could be with you all of these years and never know that that's what you would provide for me. That's the story, baby. Okay. You got to take a deep breath. Take a, it, it's Don't a be like, story. that was me. I ain't had no money. <laughs> you did. Now, babe. I didn't you have did. my wallet. <laughs> did now, you have on. money there? I didn't have my wallet. With you, I have money. Did you have money where it mattered? No. Nope. Okay, that's all we talking about <laughs> right you, here. You're gonna tell all right. Story right. <laughs> he gave, see, and, and then Leslie said, and then look how he not only do he give me his money, but he gave that's me his right. AARP. That's right, Leslie. Babe, you about to miss the whole point of the story. I, mean, I, I knew the point. <laughs> so, guys, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that when we walk with God, right? When we walk with God, there may be some times that it looks like God's provision doesn't come through. But if we keep sticking with him, we will see that he is completely faithful. Amen. And unlike Pastor Strick, <laughs> he always got his wallet. Amen. He always has provision. Amen. 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 You all right over there? I'm wonderful. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> see how folks try to try to change the story, but okay. Come on, what's the next thing we're talking about? Well, let's talk about it. Philip, where, where's our next scripture? Hold <laughs> well, on. You really got off on a story about how you had no money. You don't lost your place. <laughs> I think you need to do the forgiveness exercise. Um, Philippians 4. This scripture goes back to you too. I have learned that whatever is in need, I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content mm -hmm. in every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that's where the strength has to come from. You have to know that. And, and really what the Apostle Paul was saying is, listen, if you don't learn to trust God when things are going well, and if you don't learn to trust God when things aren't going so well, then the world will dictate to you who mm. you're trusting in. Mm. So Paul, the Apostle Paul says, I've, <laughs> I've learned. Uh, whether I abound or whether I base, whether I'm hungry or whether I am well fed. He said, I've learned to trust God and I know that I can do all things through him regardless of the situation. So regardless of the situation, I'm able to do that. But the apostle Paul didn't know that unless he spent time getting closer to God. That's the key here. The key is how much time are you spending to get to know the God you're supposed to be trusting in? Amen. 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 You know, okay, go ahead. What you so I want to say, you know, Isaiah 40 and 31, it says it like this. It says, but those who hope in the Lord 
Those who, those who keep their trust there, those who have their hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will soar with wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not be faint. And that's a scripture that we hear a lot and people quote it a lot and they sing it. But the reality of it is, it's about where your hope is. Wherever your hope is, that's what you're going to be anchored to. That's what you're going to be tied to. So if your hope is in the Lord, then that's where your strength is going to come from. But if your hope is in your resources, then that's where your strength comes from. Well, I think it's so important, too, because, you know, <coughs> over the years, you know, people have asked us, you know, how do we basically how do we keep our composure? And it's not that we've never had anything to sucker punch us. It's not that we've never been disappointed. It's that more and more every year we learn how to trust him more. Yeah. We learn, we, we allow the testimonies of the past to show us who he is in the future. We allow the word to be our standard. Yep. And, and we're not talking about suppressing emotions. We allow our emotions to be filtered through the word so that our emotions line up with the word. Mm -hmm. It's what we've learned how mm -hmm. to do. We're not talking about pretending that things are okay when things aren't okay. We're talking about being so full of hope in the Lord that it renews our strength so it causes us to soar and it causes us to have the ability to run and not go grow weary and they will walk and not faint. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us, it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, adversity. your strength mm -hmm. is small. That means your strength is in something other than God. That's why it, it says it's small. It's it's, small. How, do, how does he know it's small? Because it shrink. And if you're in him, then it wouldn't shrink. <laughs> He says, because if it's in something small, but if it's in me, it's something big. So that's how you know in times of adversity who you're really trusting in. I love it because he says, the Bible tells us this. It says, as believers, when we feel weak, we're instructed exactly what mm -hmm. we're supposed to say. It says, let the weak say, I am strong. It says that in my weakness, his strength is made known. So when I feel weak, that is the perfect time for me to be boosted with the strength of God for me to be able to walk through whatever I'm walking through. But if, if I look at myself, if I look at you, if I look at other people, I'm going to stumble. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall apart. But when I am weak, his strength is made apparent in my weakness. That is when he shows up. Absolutely. And, he and, shows and, up. And we see this. They, we see this, in, we don't see this in anybody else's life as much as, David, as much as David, we see it in David's life. David. We see this in David's life so much because David understood that if it were not for God, he would have failed so many times. He'd have failed when he was out there in the field protecting those sheep. He'd have failed when, 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 when Saul wanted to kill him. He'd have failed when he was trying to go and get everything back from Ziklag. He'd have failed when he was the king. David understood that if it wasn't for God's sustaining right hand, none of the victories that he counted as victories would have been victories for him. You know, and, and he talks a lot about this in the Psalms. You look yes, at Psalms, you look at Psalms 37 and 24. He says, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Why? For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. <laughs> In Psalms 118 and 13, he says, you pushed me violently. 
Now notice this. Someone's pushing violently. Why? He that said I that might I might fall. fall but, but what? The Lord, the Lord helped, helped me. me. One translation says, but the Lord rescued me. Why? What, what does this mean? This means when, when, when things in your life come against you, trying to destroy you, it is God who sustains you. In Psalms 119, uh, 116, it says, uphold me according to your word that I may what? Live and do not let me be what? Ashamed of my hope. We just talked about that. Whose hope is in the Lord. Whose hope, Whose is, in hope Lord. is in the Lord. He said, don't, he said, Lord, I need you to uphold me according to your word. I am going to believe your word, God. Now, because I'm believing your word, I believe that word's going to cause me to live. And while it's letting me live, Father, don't let me be ashamed because I place my hope in you and not in something else. Psalms 119 is full of so much it's full wisdom. Of so much. But he says, look, it tells you, it tells you exactly how God is going to uphold us. Yes. He upholds us according to his, his word, word, not ours. His word. His word. Yep. According to your word, uphold me according to your word that I may live and do not let me be ashamed of my hope in what? Your word. Your word. My hope in your word. But that scripture you did in Psalms 118, when I saw that in the notes, it says, they push me violently. Mm -hmm. You push me violently. Sometimes you can feel like life is coming at you from every hand. Yes. And when, when I read that, I thought about the song. He says, don't push me because I'm close to the edge, mm -hmm. right? He says, there are literally, he says, there are things that happen. This is the psalmist and he's saying, the people, the situations, the enemy, the circumstances pushed me violently and the intent was that I would fall. Mm -hmm. But God Helped God me. God rescued me. Tell he your neighbor, me. say, but God helped but God me. God helped me. But God helped me. They meant it for my evil. Mm. They tried to plot against me, but God helped me. God helped me. And I don't want to get away from the no, help of God. No. That's why I'm going to stick with God because I, because here's the thing. When people and the enemy are plotting against mm -hmm. me, I don't know all the ways the plots are yep. coming from, but the Lord does. Yep. It tells us he is our rear guard. He goes before us. Mm -hmm. Angels are surrounded about us. It says no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. He is our help. But God, I need you to, if God, if you've ever seen the hand of God help you, you, as Chris say, give fire, give hearts. You need to be thanking God, because sometimes we can get so, we can get our perspective twisted and we feel so alone and so abandoned. Yeah. But even when they violently <laughs> pushed us, you meant it for my destruction, you meant it for my demise, but God helped me. That's why one of the Psalms of David that I really love is Psalms 1835. Yes. Psalms 1835. He says, You have given me your shield of victory. He says, your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. Your help. Now, I, I'm not great on my own, but your, your support, your, your, your wisdom, your direction, uh, your kindness, your sustainability, your thankfulness, it has made me great. <laughs> I don't boast in my own abilities. I boast in the Lord. Why? He says, because you have given me your shield of victory. I think about the word that the Lord gave us when he says that when the victories begin to pile up in this year, he says, don't think that you did this on your own. He says, I've already made this happen for you. 
David says, listen, you gave me your shield of victory. You gave it to me. You, 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 I didn't win it. You gave me victory. He says, your right hand is supporting me and your help has made me great. People looked at David and marveled at all that David could accomplish. He says, I did all of this because of God because of Yahweh, because of El Elyon himself. I'm great in the eyes of the people, but I know where my greatness comes from. No, I, I love David. I, I, David is such a wonderful character in the Bible he is. because David shows us what to do when you get it right. <laughs> yep. David shows us what to do when you get it wrong. Yep. David is like, when you get it right, you're sticking with God. When you realize you was wrong, you run come, back to you God. Run back to God. <laughs> right. Like David, and, and think about in spite of everything David does, God defines him mm -hmm. as a man after God's own heart. Because the truth of it is, is that when David was sitting in the pasture, when he was sitting in the wilderness, he was getting to know God. Yeah. What are you doing in your wilderness mm -hmm. experience? Are you complaining or are you getting to know your God? Amen. What are you doing in the past in the palace? Are you are you boasting in your own strength or are you getting to know your God? Amen. Let me tell you something. One of the things that has been so powerful for me, and I was saying this to my friend the other day, I don't know as a whole, I am not a person who panics. Hmm. But that line in the prophecy that says, do not panic, mm -hmm. it's just January 23rd. Yep. And the Lord has probably said that to me every other day because something will happen. Something happens and you're like, I need to move right now. I need to do this right now. And I will hear the word of that prophecy say, do not panic. Yeah, panic causes us to be anxious and anxious causes us to be unrooted. And, if, and that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to be unrooted. He wants us to be unstable in trusting mm. God's word. Why? Because we know that a double-minded man is, is unstable in all of his ways. ways. In fact, he says, let not that man think that he should receive what? Anything from the Lord. So if you're unstable, if you're anxious, if you're in a panic, if you're in a fear, that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to panic into fear. And it's that feeling, because a lot of people may not recognize even what it feels like. It's that feeling that like, you got to do something right now. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do something right now, it's going to all fall apart. And 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 the panic comes because it's because you put it back on you. Mm -hmm. You've put it back on you where it's so important to say, no, he is my help. God, what are you saying? God, what are you saying? What are you saying? To what, me? Do you what do you want me to want do, me do me about to do? this That's situation right, right here? Right. And right. then sometimes, you know what you find out? You find out that he says, I don't want you to do anything mm -hmm. in this situation and keep doing what I told yeah. you to do. And then other times he's like, take this step, yeah. take this step. Take this step because he will lead us in the way that we should go. Yep. And so I know we're we're almost at the end and we, we have heard, a declaration, yeah. but I want us to take this opportunity this morning to, we talked about exposing the lies. Let's break up with panic. There are some things we're believing for this year. And when we start to believe for things 
if we're not careful, we can get anxious. Well, because God will give you a dream. Come on. But if you try to manifest that dream, <laughs> you'll become, you'll get anxious about a, very, a dream that God gave you that he wanted to do for you. Yes. And so, you know, one of the things I think it's okay to say that one of the things we talked about was wanting to pay our house off in the next three years. I had to catch myself not to go, okay, well, if we want to pay our house off in the next three years, I need to do this, 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 this. And, and, the, and the Holy Spirit was like, wait a minute. I, I was the one. That's my idea. I, that was Calm my down. idea. I told you that you could do that. I didn't tell you you had to cut back on this. I didn't tell you you had to sell this. I didn't tell you you had to do this. Don't do anything different than what you were doing before I told you. <clears throat> and so it's important that we don't panic and try to produce what it is that God has told us he wants to do for us. Because that is how you know it's panic. Mm -hmm. Because panic will pull you out of peace to try to manufacture what God already has yeah, a plan the, the, for. It, it, I think Ralph, someone said that, and I saw it go up in the comment section, it pulls you into self-reliance. It pulls you into self-reliance. And, and as, soon as, I, as soon as the Lord, when we were talking, we was like, okay, the Lord said, our house needs to be paid off in the next three years. How are we going to do that? Well, <clears throat> as soon as I heard that, yeah, as soon as I heard that, then it was like, oh, we can do X, Y, and Z. I, I can do did it, did. And I, I got my computer out and start opening my, my spreadsheet. And the Lord was like, I ain't tell you to do that. Stop. And so I had to stop. <laughs> because and, 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 and people who are very <coughs> plan-driven, mm -hmm. that can be very, very difficult for you because sometimes God gives you the whole plan, mm -hmm. but the uh, sometimes he just says, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Yeah. And we want to break up with, let, and let me tell you what it's going to do for you guys. Listen, uh, Latanya said, that's her. Start calculating. And you got to begin to know, the Bible says to be <clears throat> renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yep. There's nothing wrong with planning. Right. Unless God is telling you to but pause. But you can't plan God out the plan. You can't plan God right. out the plan. Because if, I, if, I knew how, if I knew how to pay the house off in three years, I'd have done it. <laughs> so, so now that he tells me, this is what I want This is what I want to do for you, I don't have to panic about how I'm going to do it. I just need to trust him in the process. So what we're going to do is <clears throat> let's, let's go back to that scripture that says be anxious over nothing. Mm-hmm. But let, let's pull that. It, it's it's uh, Philippians. Philippians, uh -huh. Philippians 4, right? Mm -hmm. It says, so do not be anxious. It's 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I want to teach you this real quick and then we'll wrap up. God will drop a dream in your heart yep. so you will ask him yep. so he can do what he yep. always wanted to do. I believe I was sitting at my desk and the Lord said, he said, I want y'all to pay your house off. Mm -hmm. That was his idea because he wants to show us another area of his strength. Mm -hmm. So what he says is this. So literally, who is this for? What happens is God will drop something in our heart mm -hmm. and our flesh will begin to say, here is how mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. am going to make yep. God's yep. plan yep. happen. Yep. Everybody say, stop it. Yep. Stop it. Stop it. Yep. 
He will give us a dream. He will give us a dream. He will talk to you about a job. He'll talk to you about a vacation. He will talk to you about losing weight. He will talk to you about whatever. And then what we will do is we will get in our flesh. And here's the thing. We don't realize that it's flesh because it's not cussing or fornicating. Well, we don't realize realize it's flesh because we're like, oh, this is God's plan. Yeah. Well, was it God's plan? Was it God's plan? (laughs) Because it was God's plan until you took over. Until you took over. (laughs) And that became your plan. And that's literally what Holy Spirit was saying to me. You don't have to do this. I want to do this for you. Ask me to do this for you. So literally, you I love Joshua said he looked in the mirror and pointed and said, stop. Mm -hmm. So here's what we're going to do with all of these things God has told us he's going to do. We're going to use Philippians 4. Here is what it's going to look like. We're going to use the house as an example. God says, I want to pay your I want y'all to pay your house off in three years. Mm -hmm. Now we say, be it unto me. According, according to, to your, your word, word, Lord, y'all, you need to write this down because you need to know what to be do. Be it unto me, according be to your word. Be it unto me, Lord. according to your word. Now, this is how we pray when we talk to God. We say, God, you dropped in our heart to pay off our house in three years. Mm-hmm. So you said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and that you would give us wisdom that was unabraded. You would give us wisdom beyond what we could read in a book or anything. We'll read a book if you want us to, but God, you we, we're open. You tell us what to do. And so now we're asking you for the wisdom yes. to partner with you yes. to do the thing that you say. Yes. Now, here is where people get frustrated in prayer. This is where there is a pregnant pause. Mm-hmm. This is where we now hush and wait and wait to see what God and see what God Mm -hmm. will say. Mm -hmm. But what we often have the tendency to do is we go, all right, God told me we was going to pay off the house in three years. So here's what I can do. do. This is what I'm going to do. And I got a plan strict. This is what we should do right here. And this is the situation right here. No, you have to learn to wait in the pause. What do you do in the pause? You give Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. God, I thank you for the plan. Yep. God, I thank you for the power. God, I thank you for the wisdom. But what I'm not going to do, because there is somebody right now that you are upset because something did not work out. And you're like, I know God said it, but he didn't give you that plan. That plan was you. And so we're going to break up with that this year. How are we going to live above fear? How are we going to live above anxiousness? Mm -hmm. When something comes to us, we're going to bring the something to God. We're going to say, hey, God, this is what's in my heart. Mm -hmm. Hey, God, this is what I believe you said. Hey, God, I need some wisdom because I'm not smart enough Mm -hmm. to figure this out by myself. Because the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. So God is not going to give me a plan that's going to make me sorrowful. That's right. He is not going to give me a plan that is going to make me suffer. So what we're going to do on this Sunday today is we are going to break up mm-hmm. with and repent for self-reliance. Amen. No, All right. No more self-reliance. So I want y'all to pray this. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge. I acknowledge that in my life. That in my life. I have been extremely. I have been extremely self-reliant. Self-reliant. 
So many times. So many times. I go my own way. I go my own way. And then I end up stressed. And then I end up stressed. And anxious. And anxious. And frustrated. And frustrated. Because I don't have what you say. Because I don't have what you say. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I give you permission. I give you permission. To teach me. To teach me. How to really trust God. How to really trust God. I am ready. I am ready. To grow up in this area. To grow up in this area. I repent for being prideful. I repent for being prideful. I repent for being arrogant. I repent. For being arrogant. I repent for having well-meaning intentions. I repent for having well-meaning intentions. That were actually disobedient. That was actually disobedient. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my life. I give you this year. I give you this year. This is your year. It's your year. We will do it your way. We will do it your way. I will follow you. I will follow you. You are in control. You are in control. I am following you. I am following you. Now I declare. Now I declare. My eyes. My eyes. Are anointed. Are anointed. To see the path you are taking. To see the path you are taking. My ears. My ears. Are anointed to hear. Are anointed to hear. Even the small still instructions. Even the small still instructions. And my heart and my heart is open to follow. Is open to follow. I am following you. I am following you. This will be this will be the best year of my life. The best year of my life. Even in the midst of storms. Even in the midst of storms. Because I have committed. Because I have committed to follow you. To follow you. So far. So far. This you said the best year of my life. Always, so far. So far. So far. <laughs> the yeah, best so year far. of my life. So, so far. So far. My bad. <laughs> the best my year bad. of my life so far. Amen. Give hearts, give fire. Amen. So you need to practice this. So how am I going to follow God all 2022? I'm going to start by following him today. Yeah. How am I going to follow him in February? I'm going to start by following him on January 23rd. And by the end of this year, I'm going to be more proficient at hearing more proficient at following things that used to stress me out. They're not going to stress me out. Things that used to have me anxious and frustrated. They're not going to have me anxious and frustrated because I have broken up today with self-reliance. Amen. Amen. This is a good teacher, man. Amen. Listen, the, the, the right <laughs> hand of God wants to destroy every enemy that comes against you. The right hand of God wants to uh, swallow up all of your problems. And the right hand of God wants to be the one that upholds you when everything else fails. Know that. Just know that and trust and obey God. Amen. Listen, this is a message you want to share with some other people. It's some practical teaching. We've given you some practical ways to pray over situations. It's not that God doesn't care about our situation. It's just that he has better answers than we do. Yeah. And so we want to encourage you, man, if you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus this morning, you need to give your life to Amen. Jesus because all Jesus is the starting point of all of this. Amen. Some of you, you may be in a place where you're in a backslidden state and yes, you're still coming to church. But as you sat there, you thought, man, I really do orchestrate my own life. I make mm. all my own yeah, decisions. I do I do what I think is right. And today I want to come home because I don't want to be in charge of my own life. Mm. One of the best things for me was to realize I did not want to be in charge of my own yeah. life. It, now in the world, the world tells you you want to be in charge of your own life. I don't want to be in charge mm -hmm. of my own life. Mm -hmm. I want God to be in charge of my own life because he knows all of the answers. He is the cheat code.
right? Amen. He is the cheat code. And so if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, you like, listen, I, I, I did accept Jesus and I believe if I die, I would go to heaven. But God, if I'm honest, I run my own life. Mm -hmm. I may start with devotion, but I really do run mm. my own life and mm. I want to learn how to let you lead my life. I'm coming home. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, put that in the comments today. Amen. And listen, <clears throat> if you want to be a virtual partner, this is a really dope church. Listen, we really believe that God wants the mm -hmm. people of God to live in victory. Mm -hmm. We believe that the way to victory is to know his love, mm -hmm. to live from his love, to live by faith, and you will experience prosperity in every area of your life. And yes, we know that there are many times where we're talking about obedience and different things like this when it may not seem as popular, but what it will do is it will anchor you in the times of storm. Amen. I love it. Maisie just said, I'm coming home. I want the Lord to lead my life. Listen, y'all give it up for her. Y'all give it up for her. Listen, Misty said, I want to stop trying to lead my own life and start letting God lead it. Listen, let me tell tell you something. There is nothing wrong. If you need to repent every week, if you need to come home every week until you learn how to stay that's at home, true. that's fine. Just keep coming home, right? And so shout out to those ladies. We're so excited. The Holy Spirit is there. He's a very present help. He will teach you. He will lead you. He will instruct you. He will guide you. We're praying that this is a year that you will grow intimately with God like you've never grown before. Mm -hmm. And it will change everything about you. Listen, for some of you, it's going to regulate your blood pressure. For some of you, you're going to stop having them stomach problems. You're going to stop having headaches. You're going to sleep through the night because you're going to realize that all of that stress was from your own self-reliance. And as everybody keeps saying, his way is better. Yes. Now, we encourage you. Join Strategies for Success tomorrow. Join prayer on Tuesday. Join Bible study on Wednesday. Join prayer on Friday morning and come back here on Amen. Sunday. We love you guys so much and we are believing God. Now it's your opportunity to give. Mm -hmm. Really, this is your first opportunity in your life right now to decide in your new life to decide whether you're going to let God lead you. And the first thing you want to give is your life to the Lord. And in terms of not just being born again, but the control of your life. The control, the of, control your life. of your life. You want to give that to the Lord. Yes, somebody, Willa, we didn't see your comment, but welcome home, Willa. I yes. love, come home. Yes. And so, but listen, let me tell you something. Some of you are struggling financially, and if you would just surrender your finances to God, you would see supernatural yes. breakthrough. One of the reasons that the enemy fights you so much over your money is that he knows that money is a place of torment for so many people. He wants to make you think that you don't have the money to tithe. He wants to make you think you can't afford to tithe. He wants you to think that tithing is a hustle. But how many of you know that tithing is a supernatural strategy for success? He wants you to have that doubt because he wants you to put the wedge between God's system and you. Yes. He wants to put a wedge between God's system and you. And if he can tell you that it doesn't matter, if he can tell you that you shouldn't do it, you can't afford it, blah, blah, he can keep you in the world system. And if he can keep you tied to the world system, then you never get to live as good as God wants you to live. But I can tell you, Pastor Edwin and I, are, we are testimonies of this that literally we have watched. I love Bianca said, I'm here to tell you he gives seed to the soul. I was about to mm -hmm. testify to that every single year since we have been faithful faithful tithers. We have watched God yep. do more with the 90% that we kept than the 100% that we used to yep. keep. And he just 
he's not going to let you be without if you will just do it his way. It is his supernatural strategy for success. And so we're believing God for you this week. We're believing God that you will have wisdom, that you will be divinely protected. You you will have a supernatural immune system, but most importantly, that you will hear and obey because that is your key to victory. The Lord's strong right hand is at work for you. Keep your hand in his hand and partner with him. Amen. 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 We want y'all to have an amazing week. Listen, if this message blessed y'all, send us a message or drop it in the comments. Share it with somebody. Go back and listen to this again. Let's grow together. Let's grow together. Let's grow together. Let's grow and become everything God wants us to be. And thank you all for joining. We love you so much. Have an amazing week. We'll see you Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye.